0: Listen, once again, thank you so much for worshiping with us today. Today we're talking about the faithfulness of the Lord. And I love that last song, we will remember the touch of your hand. Hey, we will remember that you have been faithful to us consistently never failing never leaving never forsaking us and that is a true gift and a true blessing today we're going to be in Matthew chapter 25 and we're going to look at the parable of the talents and as we look at this parable and we're reminded of faithfulness I wanted to remind you once again that faithfulness is a fruit of the spirit we see that Paul writes about the fruits of the spirit in Galatians but then we see about this concept of fruit all throughout scripture and i'm reminded about john 15 verse 4 abide in me and i in you as a branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine neither can you unless you abide in me when i think about faithfulness i recognize that we can only be faithful because he is faithful and we can only be faithful if we remain abiding tightly knit closely to Jesus when we try to grow in any of the fruits of the spirits on our own accord we will never find it see there are so many people that strive to live moral lives they try to live lives of honesty they try to live lives where they are good citizens they try to live lives where they are good stewards where they are generous where they are kind where they care for the poor but listen we do not live in a moralistic religion we live in a religion that is all about Jesus and when we are all about Jesus I believe that produces the fruits of the spirit but what we need to do is strive to be connected to Jesus if we simply just strive to be faithful I don't think that we will be successful But as we strive to be connected to our Father, connected to the vine, that is how we begin to produce the fruits that we see in Galatians. In Isaiah chapter 43, verse 7, Everyone who is called by my name, whom I have created for my glory, whom I have formed and made, therefore we are to glorify him in all that we do with our lives So what we see here is our mission we have been created for his glory we have been formed we have been made to glorify God in all that we do with our lives but do you recognize that in order for us to be faithful we first have to understand what we're supposed to be faithful to how can we be faithful if we don't know what we're supposed to be faithful to saying that did you know That most Christians Americans don't even understand the mission that they have been assigned. A poll was recently taken and it was revealed that 61% of all Americans gave their answers as to what they thought the main purpose of life was. If you were asked today, what is the main purpose of life? What would you say? The response was incredibly interesting. You would think some would maybe say to make a contribution to society or to have a meaningful life. But here is what most people said. The main purpose of life is enjoyment and personal fulfillment. 61% of Americans said the main purpose of life is enjoyment and personal fulfillment. 50% of those who were polled called themselves born again believers. Do you recognize this? Do you recognize how difficult this is? Do you recognize that we as Christians were not created so that we could live a great life full of enjoyment on this earth dictated by our terms? But rather, we're supposed to live a life of faithfulness, committed to the mission. What is our mission? I'm so glad you asked. Our mission is to make much of Jesus, not just to those who are lost, but also to those who are found. Our mission is evangelism in discipleship. Our vision, our mission is to grow the kingdom by growing the believer, by growing the believer in maturity, and then also by going out and pursuing the loss that is our mission and we all have been given tools that we need to to accomplish the mission if you look at Matthew chapter 25 verse 14 let's read together for it is just like a man about to go on a journey he called his own servants and entrusted his possessions to them to one he gave five talents to another two talents and to another one talent depending on each one's ability Then he went on a journey. Immediately, the man who had received five talents went, put them to work, and earned five more. In the same way, the man with two earned two more. But the man who had received one talent went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid the master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five talents approached, presented five more talents, and said, Master, you gave me five talents. See, I have earned five more talents. His master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Share your master's joy. Verse 22, the man who had two talents also approached. He said, master, you gave me two talents. See, I have earned two more talents. His master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will put you in charge of many other things. Share your master's joy. The man who had received one talent also approached and said, Master, I know you. You're a harsh man, reaping where you haven't sown and gathering where you haven't scattered seed. So I was afraid and went off and hid your talent in the ground. See, you have what is yours. His master replied to him, you evil, lazy servant. If you knew that I reap where I haven't sown and gather where I haven't scattered, then you should have deposited my money with the bankers and I would have received my money back with interest when I returned. So take the talent from him and give it to the one who has 10. For to everyone who has more, more will be given and he will have more than enough. But for the one who does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him and throw his good for nothing servant into outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth so what we see here is we see three categories here we see the super faithful the less faithful and the unfaithful saying this i want to do something a little special today recognizing this is the week that we celebrate fourth of july i wanted to take a moment and use the experiences of many of our church members to hopefully open our eyes to the faithfulness of God. We've asked four of our veterans, three veterans and one current active duty serviceman to talk about how God has been faithful to them as they have served our country. Would you watch this video with us today?
1: talk to you today about the faithfulness of God. I gotta tell you, I am probably the most blessed man in this room. I went through 30 years in the military, three trips to war, 1,089 days in combat, never got a scratch. Uh, I'll tell you one story of what God did for me to save my life, the one the many times he did it. When I came back from Korea, Uh, we all, the officers on the ship went in our auditorium because our orders on where our new assignment was going to be. And there must have been 250 of us. When they finished handing them out, three of us were left sitting there with no orders. So they called our names and they told me I was going to take a troop train to San Antonio, Texas that afternoon. So I didn't even get to spend the night in Seattle. I took the troop train while I was on the train the next morning. The C-54 airplane that I was scheduled to fly to San Antonio on with 40 other people crashed and killed everybody on it. My mom and dad thought I was on the airplane. Pat, my wife, who I was dating at the time, had received a phone call from me that I was going to be on the troop plane, and she told my parents. That's one example. I can I can give you two dozen of those. Similar examples. God has been faithful to me. He was many years before I was faithful to him. He knew where he was taking me and he prepared me for most of my life for what I'm doing the last 25 years of my life. So, my message to you is, trust him, believe him, honor him, do your best to obey him, keep his his biblical principles, right in front of you. Ignore the Supreme Court rulings that go against our Bible. The Bible overrides the Supreme Court
2: every time. Have a good day. Good morning, church family. My name is Jonah Goss. Um, I've been a member of Emanuel since I was a baby. Um, I'm the son of Anthony Donna Henderson. And in last November, I decided to join the Navy, mainly because I didn't know where my life was going at that point. Um, and I felt like God had spoken to me that maybe this would be a good plan uh, for me to do this because I literally had nothing else to do. Um, And I remember talking to Brother Sean one day, I came to his office and he asked me if I had ever thought about joining the military, any branch. And he said, it's just a good thing for people to do that don't know what they're gonna do in life. And he told me in all honesty, he thought it'd be good for me with the issues I've been telling him I had at my home life. um, It was just the best decision. And come to find out after graduating boot camp and going through all all those uh, hardships and experiences that I went through, it would pretty much save my life. I don't know if many of y'all know, but during my time at boot camp, I missed Thanksgiving and Christmas. And during that time, you start to realize a lot of the little things that you never realized growing up. Like the main one that I realized on Thanksgiving Day was whenever my granddaddy would always uh, start out saying the prayer. I never really noticed that how big of a deal it was until I didn't get to hear him say it that day inside the galley uh, at boot camp. So that was a really big deal for me. And uh, on that day on Thanksgiving, I heard a or I read a verse, uh, John sixteen thirty three, and it says. I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart, because I have overcome the world. Um, one of the big things about that verse that it was that it pointed out to me was that um, not everything's always going to be perfect and go the way you want it to go. Things are going to be hard a lot of times in life, but you got to always remember that someone has it worse than you somewhere. Um, and you just gotta be grateful for what you have. And while being here in Groton, Connecticut for my school, I've learned a lot of things about myself. I've learned that I can get back into shape if I want to. Um, I can be self-disciplined. I can just do the right thing when no one's looking. And that's a big thing the Navy's taught me is integrity. I'm glad God gave me this moment to to be able to join the Navy and blessing me with that chance.
3: Good morning, IBC. My name is Mike Stewart. My wife, Cheryl, and I have been members of the IBC family for two and a half years. And uh, God tells us in this word in Proverbs 3, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will direct your paths. As a young man pursuing a career, the last thing I was doing was acknowledging God in all my ways, but he still chose to direct my path, and he did so by having me drafted into the Army. And he did it on Halloween day, 1966. Spent the first half of my tour at Sunny Funfield Fort Hood, Texas. And it was there that I became involved with an organization that's non-denominational called the Navigators. The Navigators carry out the Great Commission by going out to where the people are, sharing the gospel message, and they get new believers involved in scripture memory and Bible study, and showing how to share their faith with others. And I spent about 10 months with them before being transferred overseas. I had a neat experience in that, you know, overseas, so I went to Thailand. And I carried the things I had learned from the navigators with me. Although they were not there, I carried that with me. I noticed a man by the name of Paul kept to himself quite a bit. And one evening I noticed him sitting on the back steps of our hooch, polishing his boots. I decided to go out and sit down beside Paul and get acquainted with him. Eventually, I shared the gospel message with Paul and he asked Jesus Christ to be his savior. And I had the privilege of seeing Paul baptized in the Gulf of Siam on Easter Sunday morning by a Southern Baptist pastor, following a Easter sunrise service on the hilltop there overlooking the Gulf of Siam. I want young people to understand this. The most important thing we do is seek God's purpose, not pursue a career. He promises when we seek Him, when we trust in Him, He'll take care of our other needs. Good
4: morning. I'm Jimmy Ford. I'm a retired U.S. Army and a Vietnam veteran. Brother Sean had asked me to share some of my military experiences with you that, uh, that I felt that God intervened and was a major part of. The experiences I am going to talk about uh, happened in, during the Vietnam War. I flew helicopters uh, in Vietnam for two tours. Each tour was 12 months. My first tour was in the central highlands of, of Vietnam near Plei and. Uh, I had a. Uh, I was in charge of a platoon of helicopters, normally flying uh, seven aircraft per day. Our main mission was to carry uh, infantry troops and special forces troops into the battle zone. Normally, we fly out of base camps and fly and land into very small landing zones because of the jungles and the high trees in that area. One of the things about the uh, the landing zones, they were very small. Often, only one aircraft, maybe two aircraft could land there. Usually before we made a combat assault into those zones, we would prep it with artillery and even air force uh, bombs. But because of the thick jungle and the high trees, the preps often were not very effective. We knew that when we flew in there and usually when we have maybe a two aircraft landing zone, the the lead aircraft would have to go to the forward edge of the landing zone only feet from the trees. And this is where our enemy would be sitting and waiting on us. I assure you this is where you placed your faith in God because that plexiglass on the front of that helicopter offered no protection. So you, you really, really had to count on God to keep your sanity and keep your nerves be able to hold that aircraft while the troops offloaded, or if we were doing an extraction, they were loading onto the aircraft. So, you were really in a lot of danger, that's all it is to it. But, with your faith in God, you were able to accomplish the mission. I get emotional talking about this because I know god was there and he took care of me i made hundreds of trips in and out of those small landing zones and i'm happy to say only one bullet hit my aircraft the aircraft i was flying in 24 months of flying that type of mission one bullet that bullet came up between my crew chief's knees went right in front of his head up through the cabin and missed the rotor system there were a lot of parts up there that that bullet that if that bullet had hit we would have crashed and at the time we were flying pretty high much higher than normal and. That bullet passed through the aircraft, it did not do any damage. There were nine of us on that aircraft that day. And we were very, very fortunate to have God looking after us. This brings to mind Psalms 91, a chapter that I have read over and over. This was a chapter that my mother highlighted in a small Bible and gave me before my first overseas tour. I carried that Bible in my pocket and often read this 91st Psalms. And I want to read a couple of verses of it to highlight why I read this. Psalms 91.2 I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in Him will I trust. In verse 7, A thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand at your right hand. But it shall not come nigh thee. I can truly say that that happened to me. Because there were thousands dying around me as we were fighting that battle in Vietnam. And then, verse 16 with long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. Well, God has given me long life. I'm here to say that. My second tour, I commanded an aircraft troop for six months. I got the command because I was born in Linden, Texas. My commander, Colonel Billy Williams, was from Linden, and he saw my records and knew that I was there for command, and he hired me to command that troop. God put us together in Vietnam, I feel that. How could two guys from East Texas end up same unit. God also gave me the strength and knowledge and the skills to take that command, a unit that was in very low readiness status. Morale was real bad. There was even a lot of dope being used by a lot of soldiers. But, with God's help, I was able to bring that unit into a top fighting unit. And during my my first tour over there, I lost crew members, lost aircraft. Uh, and during this second tour I was praying to God that I would not lose a man to hostile action. So the best part of my six months' command was when I turned it over to the next commander, and God had listened to my prayers, and I had not lost a man. That last month of that six-month command, though, was really rough. I had two of my aircraft shot down. One of them was a gunship, a Huey. I mean a, a uh-1 Cobra. We were fighting our enemy, and we were do, doing a lot of uh, scouting for their, for our troops, and it it was really uh, tough time. And this particular gunship had just come left the refuel point and rearmored. So he was flying with a full load of fuel, full load of, of ordnance, and he got caught by three 51 caliber machine guns in a triangle. They had set up, the enemy had set it up and hoped that he, when he left the fuel pump and started back uh, the fuel area and re when he started back to the, the war zone, that he would fly over them, and sure enough he did. The aircraft was shot up so bad they could not maintain flight, and they crashed. Now I'm listening to this because I had went to the refuel pump, a point right behind him, and I was still refueling as he was flying back to the active area. And I thought to myself, oh my, that aircraft just crashed. And I've lost two guys. Much to my surprise, <clears throat> the chase aircraft—we always kept one one aircraft available as a chase aircraft—in case uh, one got shot down, they could go in and rescue them. The chase aircraft came on the radio screaming, "They're out and running!" As they ran away from the aircraft, it blew up and the concussion knocked them down, but they only got bruises. God answered my prayers. What can I say? The other aircraft was a small scout that would work with those gunships. He was flying treetop level, and old Charlie decided, well, maybe he saw me, so I better shoot him. He shot holes all in that aircraft,
3: and not one bullet touched a member of the the crew. We had three men on that little
4: scout aircraft, and not one of them got a bullet hole. However, one of the bullets clipped a fuel line, and it was spraying fuel all in the cockpit. Now, I'm watching this and listening to him, the pilot, he said, we're all soaked in fuel. And I thought if one little spark and we got a ball of fire. And I've got three guys gone. He made a decision to turn off all the electrical no. No. No, electrical no. switches. No. And when he did, it turned the fuel pump off in the tank and the engine fuel pump sucked air through that hole and his engine died so he went down fortunately he had gotten out of the hot area and it was kind of in an open area but the grass was high and he didn't see a stump and when he hit the ground he was still had forward movement and the stump caused him to flip around the aircraft to flip over on his side and bang 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 with a big rotor I thought, oh Lord, help them. Those three guys crawled out of that aircraft and ran, ran out away from it. Again, God answered my prayers. Just for the record, when they, Charlie shot at the scout filled his aircraft full of holes, he had two gunships covering him. As soon as he cleared the area, our gunships rolled in and unloaded all their ordnance. Our friendly troops moved through the area and they said, Well, we, our gunships had not only got Charlie, but they got 119 more of his friends. I can't say enough for what God has done for my life kept me safe he kept my troops safe and I'm here to testify that God answers prayers
0: thank you amen church I hope you were reminded of God's faithfulness today I hope you were reminded how God has been faithful to us when even our insurmountable odds what is faithfulness when we look at the Greek word of faithfulness what it says is this it speaks of trust a holy fervor it speaks of loyalty and dependability that comes from what we believe faithfulness is born out of belief we're faithful because we believe that the bible is what it says it is we believe that the bible is the inerrant infallible word of god and because of that we are faithful to do what it says we are faithful to believe our savior because we have a commitment and a loyalty to him one thing i love about all of the veterans that you saw today was we didn't ask them to put verses into their into into their speech into their monologue that they gave, but it was a part of who they are it it happened naturally, and I appreciated that so much show because what it showed was this What they had gone through not only is a testament to their faith, but produced more Faith can I throw something out to you right now? A lot of us might be going through hardships, just like the men that we pictured, or going through hardships in times of war and battle, but God used those times of hardship to what? produce faith within them. I think we need to remember that God has been so faithful to us in the past. He'll, be, he'll continue to be faithful to us in the present and in the future, and he deserves our faithfulness in return. We recognize that God is Faithful. But what is the why of faithfulness? Second Timothy two thirteen. Why should we be faithful? If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. While we were still yet sinners, Christ died for us. Lamentations three, verse twenty-two through twenty-three. Through the Lord's mercies we are not consumed, because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning, great is your faithfulness first corinthians 10 13 is faithful when we are tempted no temptation has overtaken you except such as a common in man but god is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able but with temptation he will always make the way of escape that you will maybe be able to bear it god is faithful to keep us saved 1 Corinthians 1, 8 through 8-9, God will confirm you to the end that you will be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of the Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. And God is faithful to forgive our sin. In 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. God is faithful to strengthen us. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 3. But the Lord is faithful who will establish you and guard you from the evil one. And then Psalms 36, 5. Your mercy, mercy, O Lord, is in the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches the clouds. Do you see the why of faithfulness? We serve a God who is so faithful, faithful, to us. He's been faithful to our veterans. He's been faithful to our country, even when we have been faithless. Aren't you glad that we serve a God that bestows mercy and grace upon us? And what should that produce within us? That should produce faithfulness in return. We should be faithful to our families, faithful to our friends, faithful to our fellowship of believers, our church. But also what I want for us to understand is this we need to recognize the faithfulness that Jesus showed in John 15 13 what does it say no one has greater love than this we might even say that no one has greater faithfulness than this that someone would lay down his life for his friends and when I look at scripture and we recognize that all of scripture revolves around the goodness of God the greatness of God and Jesus as the perfect righteous land the savior that came to be faithful to the unfaithful to love the unlovable we see this great moment here church and here's what i want for us to understand it is our time it is our turn to live a life faithfully devoted to the lord because his faithfulness that we have seen all throughout the stories that we have heard today and all of the countless stories that each of us could give in our own lives should produce and love a love that beckons us, that begs us to go forward and to make much of Jesus in our everyday life. I know that we have many, many different armed service branches represented within our church. I know that one of those is the Marines. And what is the Marines motto? Semper Fidelis, Semper Fi. Always faithful what I want for us to remember today is that we are called to be faithful to the God who has been so faithful to us when I look at the story of the ten minus that were given you recognize that some were given a few some were given more but here's what they were all called to do they weren't called to make excuses the one that was only given one wasn't called to make an excuse that he wasn't given five what was he called to do to make much of what he's been given to be faithful with what he's been given to steward what he had been given and to make much of it for his king Listen, we've all been given a life, and we can make all of these excuses about our lives, how maybe we don't have as much influence as someone else, or we don't have as many resources as somebody else, or we don't have the same opportunities as somebody else does, but God doesn't want our excuses. God wants our faithfulness with what he's blessed us with, and God has allowed us to have an opportunity to make much of Him to take the life that He has blessed us with and to be faithful, to be faithful to use it in a way that brings forth a return on investment for the kingdom of God. Listen, do you recognize that the Lord believed in you enough to invest in you? He invested in you, recognizing that if you were faithful, you would bring forth a return of investment. Here's my prayer today, that we would bring forth a return of investment in the kingdom for the kingdom, for the king who has always been faithful to us. I don't know if you remember a song years ago, he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. And God has invested the Holy Spirit in us. He has invested blessings into us and he has began a good work in us and he will be faithful to complete it as we are faithful to him church we are grateful for our veterans but more importantly we are we are grateful for the savior who sacrificed more than anyone leaving the throne room coming to earth to live the perfect life so we could in turn have eternal life Church, I pray that we will be devoted, faithful to him. In a moment, I'm going to pray. And listen, if you have any questions about where you stand with the Lord, you can email us at info at ibcmarshall.com. You can access through our Facebook and messages there. Or you can write a comment and let us know how we can be praying for you in this time. Will you pray with me? Lord, we thank you for the opportunity we have to make much of you. God, we thank you that you've been so faithful to this country. Lord, we thank you for the veterans who have been faithful, faithful in the mission that they have been called to perform, and we thank you for your faithfulness to bring so many of them back to us. Lord, we thank you for the families of the servicemen and women who were faithful to allow their son and their daughters, their husbands and their wives to serve this country. God, you've blessed us with this country. God, I pray that we are faithful to leverage this country to make much of you, to use it as a tool to make much of you, not just to celebrate America, but to leverage America for the kingdom. God, we're so grateful for your blessings. But more importantly, God, we're just grateful for you. We're grateful for who you are. We love you. In your name we pray. Amen. Would you sing?